0: Well, yesterday we saw in Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, that the, uh, the foremost leaders of Israel had sinned against God, the priests, and they had hated God's name. Today I'm going to read for you uh, verse 7, down through the rest of the chapter here, these last eight verses of Malachi chapter 1, and we're going to see how they were horrible with the altar, with God's altar, with, uh, with the altar of God. Uh, the Bible says this, you offer polluted bread upon mine altar, and you say, Wherein have we polluted thee, in that you say the table of the Lord is contemptible? And if ye offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee, or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? And now I pray you, beseech God that he will be gracious unto us. This hath been by your means. Will he regard your persons, saith the Lord of hosts? Who is there even among you that would shut the doors for naught? Neither do ye kindle fire on my altar for naught. I have no pleasure in you, saith the Lord of hosts. Neither will I accept an offering at your hand. For from the rising of the sun, even unto the going down of the same, my name shall be great among the Gentiles. And in every place, incense shall be offered unto my name. And a pure offering for my name shall be great among the heathen, saith the Lord of hosts. But ye have profaned it, in that ye say, The table of the Lord is polluted, and the fruit thereof, even his meat, is contemptible. Ye said also, Behold, what a weariness is it, And ye have snuffed at it, saith the Lord of hosts, and ye have brought that which was torn, and the lame and the sick. Thus ye brought an offering. Should I accept this of your hand? saith the Lord? But cursed be the deceiver, which hath in his flock a male, and voweth, and sacrificeth unto the Lord, a corrupt thing. For I am a great king, saith the Lord of hosts, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. You know what, these people had despised the name of God, God's own priest, but he said, my name is dreadful among the heathen the heathen had more respect for the name of god and because these people god's people had no respect for god's name they had no uh, respect for god's sacrifice that was to be a holy sacrifice of sweet savor and uh, of sweet and savor uh, a pleasing smell and a pleasing sight in god's in god's presence and they were offering polluted sacrifices on the table of the Lord. They offered the polluted sacrifices of the people without rebuking them. The people would bring a bad sacrifice, an improper sacrifice, and and, and they would offer it and and tell them, instead of telling them to to go and bring the right th- to bring the right thing. And if the people brought a pure sacrifice, the priest stole it from God and kept it for themselves and offered an impure sacrifice in its place. I mean, how does this happen? But you know what? It still happens in in churches today. He said the, 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 they offered the halt, the blind, the lame, the blemished, the diseased, and the broken. The table of the Lord had the poorest bread. The priests had mixed marriages with the heathen and the Samaritans around them and they were in danger of polluting their tribe. By the way, t- today it's the same thing. We got God's people marrying the world and, and making an unequal yoke with unbelievers. We keep the best bread. We keep our, take our money and, 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 keep, and, and we make sure that we have the best and we don't even tithe. In fact, we'll see that in chapter three. People tip God, they don't tithe, they rob God. And and so the, the the house of God is falling down around itself because it has an impure an incomplete and an improper sacrifice and no sacrifice at all. While everybody's at home building their own little castle, their own little home, their own little empire, buying their toys, and, and not sacrificing to missions, not sacrificing to the work of God. And and what do and we give God what's left instead of giving to God first, instead of bringing Him the first fruits and the tithes, we bring Him our leftovers. Look, they wouldn't shut the doors of the temple if they weren't paid to do it. They wouldn't kindle a fire of the brazen altar if there was no financial gain for it. Their office had become nothing more than a way of making a living. And, and let me tell you something, a lot of people have the same problem today. We put God last instead of first. We offer pollution. We go to, te- we go to things called places called churches where the men there are, are guilty of being greedy of filthy lucre and gain and just interested in making a living. It got to be just where it was a good way to make a living. In fact, there were times Benjamin Franklin, uh, his parents sent him to seminary for a short time. He wound up not completing it because he uh, didn't, they didn't have the finances. But in that day in our country, it was considered the most lucrative uh, job in the United States of America to be a pastor. And uh, they wanted him to have a good living. Now look, we all got to make a living, but we're not here uh, to 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 uh, to put God, the best living you'll make is to put God first and honor God and fear the name of God and do things His way and bring a pure sacrifice and God will take care of you. But not to seek the living first, and that's what had happened. And uh, let me let me make a little side note here too. There have been those with the Book of Malachi that have had a long standing argument that Malachi is a title for the prophet Ezra. Not not likely or possible because in Ezra's day there was a Jewish governor. Here the word governor is the word pihah. That is a Persian governor. That deals always with the assumption that Malachi was contemporary with the others previously mentioned, for we know that Zerubbabel and Nehemiah were both governors in those days. God was also making the point that if what they offered was not good enough for a Persian governor's tax, that it surely would not be good enough for God. You know, we we need more men like King David who had a heart to build the house of the Lord, and he wasn't even of the priesthood. David would not offer... To the Lord, that which should cost him nothing. Do you remember when he was lifted up with pride, the great sin against God, the greatest of all sins against God. And God killed 70,000 men in the land of Israel for the pride of David. 70,000 men in one night. Daddies, fathers, husbands, brothers, sons, grandsons, grandfathers. And David had to offer a sacrifice at the threshing floor of Arona. And, got, and David and Arona said, I'll give it to you. Make this sacrifice. Stay this plague from us. And David said, I will not offer the Lord that which should cost me nothing. David bought the threshing floor. By the way, that was the very place where the temple was that would later be built by Solomon. Right here where these police, priests were polluting the name of the Lord. David had offered a pure sacrifice. He wanted it to cost him something. All our gifts must involve heart and sacrifice. Many only give in part, if at all, with no more feeling than a twinge of duty that we despise. We give our dog a bone with more affection than we sacrifice to our God. What in the world is wrong with this world? The problem is we would give God the bones and keep the meat and gripe because God got the bone. That's a problem with people that I'm getting. In. Look, I'm not even in chapter 3 on tithing yet. What is where's the heart for your giving? When's the last time you sacrificed, gave something that was a death and a loss, a slaughter to you, but gain to God? Here's some great personal questions for you to ask yourself if you make up a a part of the royal priesthood of believers, like first Peter tells us. What do I give to God? What? What do you give God? If anything at all? How much do I give to God? I have a friend that says that we don't give God 10, he he lets us keep 90, it's all his anyway. And that's right because you're not your own, you're bought with a price, you are a doulos, you are a servant, a slave of Jesus Christ and slaves own nothing, the master does. What kind of heart do I have when I give to God? How often do I give? Do I give sacrificially? Am I happy to be able to give to my God? I just gave you six questions that are good for you to answer. I had a man that sat in my office recently with him and his wife, and with tears, he said this and he meant it with all his heart. I've known this man for years and I know he meant it. He said, Preacher, my my favorite part of the service is the offering, when I get to give my tithes, my offerings, and my missions. That's a man that's blessed the Lord. By the way, God has blessed that man in ways I can't even tell you because of uh, because of his heart. God deserves your money more than you do, sir. God deserves your time more than you do. All you cop pickers out there, you sit there and say, well, I, I ain't got time for God on Sunday because Sunday's my only day because I work all week. Let me tell you something. God God deserves your time more than you deserve your time. You wouldn't have breath on this life. You would not have everlasting life. I get sick of people that tell me they're, they're Christians and they're going to go to heaven one day. And they sit there and say, I haven't got time to go to the house of God because it's your only day and your only time. All time is God's time. And God deserves that time more than you do. God deserves your talent to profit him more than you deserve it to profit you. God is worthy. What what do you what, what, what's your altar like? What's your sacrifice? Is it polluted? Is it despised? Do you gripe when you give? Or are you happy? Look, this was a problem for God's people in God's day. In this day it's a problem for God's people today. I hope, I hope that you have a right heart. I hope and pray with all my heart and soul. And I'm sure that there are many that listen that do. You're not the type to listen to this kind of preaching if you if you weren't, but I bet there's some that are. I hope you make things right. I pray you make things right with your God and develop an altar of pure sacrifice and righteous sacrifice before the Lord. God bless you until our time again. No longer a pauper in rags of poverty. You've been enjoying the program From the Poor House to the Palace. Find Pastor Castle's Bible commentaries and other resources when you visit the website bbclinton.com. Archived broadcasts of this radio program are available at wytjradio.com. Listen to the latest broadcast wherever you are or catch up on what you missed whenever you want by subscribing to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Just search From the Poor House to the Palace.